0: my favorite family what's good it's your girl sia michelle and we're back with another episode of f things f things f things f things f things so today the fire that i have for y'all is kind of a bleak subject but it's sure to be one to help encourage you through your dark times to help uplift you um, and to give you the the expectation that no matter where you are in life, no matter how things are looking God can turn everything around in just a few days in fact, (laughs) things can go from zero to a hundred in like a matter of hours. And we learned this from the book of Matthew today. We're reading about Jesus and the crucifixion. We're in a couple of chapters. We'll be be chapter hopping um, like y'all do at Thanksgiving when y'all house hop (laughs) to eat some good food. Well, we'll be all up in the Lord's Supper today. (laughs) I couldn't resist, forgive me. So we'll be in Matthew 26 through pretty much the end of Matthew. Grab your Bibles. I got some good stuff for you. And we'll also have a little cameo by Sia's voice today with a little bit of Kirk Franklin as our quote. So hang in there. I'll be right back. favorite family. So as you know, with most of my episodes, we are having a conversation with one another about my transparency, things that are going on in my life, maybe some stories from people around me. And also testimonies, all of that good stuff, all the bad stuff, all the things in between, and just coming down to you on a human level, because I'm human, and because I'm not trying to paint a picture for you all that this walk with Christ is the easiest thing. It is the best thing that you can do for your life. It is the most rewarding thing that you can do for your life, especially with the mighty God that we serve. He's so sovereign. He's so mighty. He always provides. And just when you think that He's not there, He's there. He's there, and He wants you, too, to have an individual redemptive story. And a lot of times that's going to look like a really big mess. <laughs> it's going to look like a storm. It's going to look like that movie Rat Race. Like it's going to be so many twists and turns in such a short period of time. Or maybe it's an elongated period of time. But it doesn't matter. Um, we, we, we operate on our time, but God doesn't operate on our time. So whenever he wants your redemptive story to get complete, that's when he'll that's when he'll take over. And he's definitely doing a number in my life. I'm here today to talk to y'all about a storm that I'm currently going through in a way, or a matter of speaking. And I asked God just like God did when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, like, your will be done. Everything around me is looking real, real messy. (laughs) Everything around me is, is starting to fall apart, and it's not looking like the promises that you gave me. It's not looking or matching up to the dreams that I'm having prophetically where... I'm saying things spiritually, but it looks like the complete opposite in my life. It looks like one of the main promises that you promised me is being promised to another. And so I'm here today to give y'all a transparent word. And to know that if I can trust the Lord with my battle, even if it hasn't come to its it's fruition yet of the promise, then maybe you too, listening to me, can hang on just a little longer. Hang on because God is about to do it for you. He's about to do it for us, my sisters, my brothers in Christ. He's going to do it for us just as He did it through Jesus Christ. And it's all told here. In Matthew, um with the events surrounding his crucifixion. Because it starts with those events, and things just go crazy. Um, just literally an overnight, <laughs> an overnight overturning of all the events. And I'm sure his disciples were just like, we did all of this for this to happen? Yes. Yes, because that is how God planned for it to happen. So, before we jump into the word, I was also thinking of, as we usually do our quote, and I just heard in my my brain that song by kirk franklin why do you cry yeah why do you cry is that the title is that the official title shame on me i've seen this song all the time mama played this this album for every saturday that we decided to you know that we had to clean up house i should know this what is wrong with me it's on the Rebirth album by Kirk Franklin. One of, I think, his best, his best work, best pre- prophetic, just moving bodies of music. So shout out to to all the anointed voices for that album because that album will get you through some things, okay? <laughs> and if you play it while you're cleaning, talk about an anointed household. <laughs> okay. yeah okay so I'm right it is why do you cry um and me myself just going through it because my life's not perfect um you know I was having myself a moment because things are looking quite the opposite and you know even after praying I was praying just like the Lord was in the garden of Gethsemane here in Matthew um towards the end of Matthew 26. I mean not that hard. I wasn't crying blood or anything, but you know, you have those moments where you're just like, "Lord, do you hear me? Lord, are you seeing what I'm going through? Lord, do I have to to watch everything crumble before me? Do I have to? You promised me a b c d e f g. And it's looking like <laughs> It's really looking like J, J K L <laughs> M N O P, Q R S T U V W X Y Z. It's looking like everything, but what you promised me, and it's all these other moving factors, and everything looks like it's crumbling apart. And for Jesus to keep his cool up until that point, like it just showed. Just oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Like the the humanity. Of Jesus, of what he represented, of what he portrayed. He represented us. Even though he was part of the Father, he still represented us in our worries and in our fears and our anxieties. Yet he was still perfect, but he understood. So just thinking about thinking about what's up ahead. So you all we are before I get into the Kirk Franklin song, I'm going to just go ahead and start with scripture. And again, get your Bible out, pull it up on your phone, get a physical copy. Um, I'm reading straight out of the NIV version. And we're in Matthew 26, and it's about the plot against Jesus. The plot against Jesus. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way and kill him, but not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. So right here we can clearly see that things are already starting to plot against Jesus. This is when that there's a buzz. And sometimes when things are starting to crumble apart, you you can sense it just like that. And so Jesus already knows. Jesus is, you know, he he already knows what's about to happen. And so he's he's telling his disciples very calmly like The Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Like, this is what needs to be done. The disciples really aren't, (laughs) you know, they're humans. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, great. But all the while, you know, the folks that are supposed to be riding for Jesus, these are the chief priests plotting to kill him, plotting to get rid of him. It'd Be your very own people. Um... And I'm going to be, again, skipping around through these verses and pointing out what the Spirit's leading me to read about. But usually before things go completely dark, there's a buzz going on around you. And you just know that you know for sure that what you are set out to do is going to be a really big, major, amazing thing to glorify the kingdom of God. But the process who this process is not for the weak or for the faint of heart. So I be trying to tell y'all, we got to get encouraged. We have to encourage ourselves and we have to encourage one another. Even simply so it can become habit, so you can work that muscle, that encouragement muscle. Because this is this is what you have to look forward to as a believer. We know the end result is victorious, but the storm surrounding it, everything can change in just a few days. Everything can change in just a night. And so we're going to get to that. I'm actually going to go ahead and skip down to the Lord's Supper. Um, So this is Matthew 26, 17, and this is really what caught my attention When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and begun to say to one another, Surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And I'll stop there and kind of dissect some of that. So here they are at the Lord's Supper, chilling celebrating oftentimes in the midst of a storm you still celebrate you're still celebrating everything that the lord has done is doing and going to do that's like a simple prayer that i say to myself um pretty much every day just just giving thanks to the lord so yes yes Praise confuses the enemy, celebrating the things that the Lord is about to do. And again, we we paint this picture here with Jesus. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected as of now. And a lot of us, while you're in the storm, you're doing everything you're supposed to do according to how the Lord needs you to do it. You go out, you celebrate congratulations on what's to come because we are victorious. We are victors. We're not punking out to nothing. We're still going to celebrate Passover. We're still going to celebrate what we need to because the Lord has always been with us. So Jesus is reclining and he's kicking it with the boys, the disciples, the 12. And then he boldly says, Someone's about to betray me. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, what? And he's being very direct. And again, the disciples aren't really taking heed. They're like, no, I'd never do that to you, Jesus, what? And a lot of times you'll be gearing up for that storm. You don't quite know what's about to happen. But all you know is that no matter what happens, God is going to get the glory and God is going to win. So ultimately, we all win, right? And so you face those demons. You look those demons in in their eyes while you're in the midst of embarking on this journey. you're like, no, you're not real. You're a demon and you're about to betray me. Um, You know, the son of man will be crucified. So Jesus is, he's being so bold and so blunt. And he just, he's just doing it so cool and slipping all that right in there like, and it's just going over everybody's heads. It's going over everybody's heads. And because um, they, don't, they don't quite get it yet because they need to see it. And so that's what happens. Your family members around you, um, your friends, everybody is just kind of given the best account that they can. But they don't know what the Lord has, has set inside of you for you to do. They don't know that you're about to go and walk through your own personal hell and be refined by fire and then come out resurrected. They don't know this. They may be a little creeped out that you're being so cryptic. um, But you know what you and the Lord have talked about and what you need to do, what you got to go through. And so, yeah, that's just kind of how I internalize this whole section when Jesus slips through there. Like, he's, he's telling them that this is about to happen. Um, he said, I'm going to party with y'all. I'm going to kick it with you. I'm going to pour some out for my homies. <laughs> and then I'm going to be back. And they're all, they're like, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. They just have no idea that life is about to become totally different in a matter of hours. And then... This story is about to completely flip its script in a matter of days. And so that's why this message is so important. I'm here to help catch you if you are walking in that, if you are about to walk in that darkness. Because it's about to be dark for three days. It's about well, it's about to be dark for two days, sorry. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. It's about to be dark for two days. But baby, whenever resurrection happens, when that redemptive story is fulfilled when prophecy is fulfilled, who There's nothing that you were going to say but God. But I'm here to help walk you through these two days of darkness. So, verse 31 through 35 talks about Jesus predicting Peter's denial. And again, there's Jesus again slipping through there saying, "Uh, (laughs) before I've risen, I'll go ahead of you into Galilee. It's verse 32. And Peter, being Peter, even if I fall away on account of you, I never will, Lord. And God is saying, I'll tell you the truth. Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times. And Peter's still talking. Peter's still kind of running his mouth and doing what, as Peter does, being superhuman, right? <laughs> I'm not laughing at Peter. Because um, Peter just does the best that he can. Um, heart of gold. Jesus loves Peter so much. But Peter just was saying all kind of stuff. Just, But the Lord just told you that you were going to deny him. He's all-knowing. So we can sit here in the midst of our storm and tell the Lord all kind of stuff. I'm never going to sell out. I'm never going to do this. I'm not da da blah, blah, blah. And all the while, the Lord is like, yeah, okay. Here, just, I'm just letting you know. This is what you're up against. This is what you're capable of. And I'll see you on the other side. Love you. Bye. It's still going over their heads. They're not (laughs) still going over their heads. They're still just kind of talking out of the flesh, acting out of the flesh. You know, if we skip back when Jesus was being anointed, um, Jesus being anointed for burial, in verse six through thirteen, you know they were mad that that the woman gave uh, gave Jesus the perfume and anointed him, and they y'all worried about the wrong things. And like so many words, Jesus is like, "Y'all, <laughs> your butts are showing. I'm about to be crucified." And y'all are just doing everything but. And that's what happens in a storm. Whatever wrong things can happen will happen. It's it's inevitable. Storms are messy. People start to panic. Uh, Especially when they haven't been prepared for the storm or they weren't paying attention while they were being prepared. And while the teacher, who is Jesus, was instructing them on certain things to come, instead of asking for a deeper revelation, everybody's just denying what they're capable of, denying that they too are messy. And Jesus is saying like, y'all, look, this is happening. This storm is happening. Things are about to take place. Y'all are about to betray me. Y'all are about to lie on me. And so drink of this wine and eat of this bread because this is it. This is it. And then all hell is about to break loose because it did. Zero to 100 real quick. (laughs) Worst behavior, right? (laughs) For all my Drake fans. Well, for all my old Drake fans, because I ain't listened to Drake since nothing was the same. Yeah, I know. I know. It's the truth. I am a a child after the Lord's own heart, and I listen to all kind of music because I'm just that secure in my faith that I can listen to it. It's not going to lead me astray, and I'm going to find Jesus in it (laughs) like I just did right now worst behavior because the t- disciples was really on on that on some they never loved us type stuff okay i was like y'all on y'all worst behavior <laughs> remember <laughs> oh man oh man y'all y'all know i'm goofy but anyway um moving right on along in the garden of gethsemane We're at verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to him, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as i will but as you will then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping could you men not keep watch with me for one hour he asked peter i like the fact that he they specified he asked peter like peter come on you messing up again i'm trying to give you a chance you <laughs> Lord is like, oh, bruh, what are you doing? Anyway, um, Peter is just so human in the fact that just God loves him so much, like the Lord loves him so much. Listen, y'all, there is nothing that you can do. Nothing, nothing that you can do. Nothing you can say. Nothing of it that the Lord will not find favorable in you. Even through all this mess, even though he calls you out, corrects you, um realigns you, redeems you, and even when you still mess up, he can still find a way to love you, to point you out, to let you know that you are res- you got a responsibility come on, keep up, keep with it I've given you a chance to show yourself so even just then, just like looking at how the Lord loves Peter um, and how they treat Peter. just it just really cracks me up because the Lord, he loves us all. OK, so that's just be encouraged. There's nothing you can do to get away from the love of God. Nothing. OK, so we are moving right on along. Um, verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away for a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes are heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. What did I just tell y'all? Zero to a hundred. Zero to a hundred right after he prayed. Now see, to the weak of spirit and the weak of heart, if you look at this situation and say, well, look, Jesus prayed to the father and he still delivered him into the hands of his betrayers, right? If you were weak of heart, you might say to yourself, well, God's not doing anything. But I'm here to tell you. That's where the weak of heart get it wrong. In this moment, it's on now. It's on. It's on. You can just claim victory right now. It's on. Here comes my betrayer. You would think that all hope is lost. But I am here to tell you. This is the very beginning of where things get properly aligned in life for the perfect restoration, for the perfect redemptive story, for the ultimate sacrifice to save souls and to save many, many, many people. One of the greatest, the greatest victory of all time. Comes from a betrayal. And if you are strong of heart, you know that through this story and in this moment, when things went from zero to one hundred. If you're at a place where all your friends is acting up, your family's acting up, folks is betraying you left and right, selling you out, and you ain't even done nothing, and then you conjure up, I don't even want to say that word, and then you, you scrap up what little bit of energy you have left to pray, and then you still get betrayed. And you're about to encounter some dark moments in your life. I need the real Slim Shady to stand up, to please stand up. I need all of my strong in heart warriors to please stand up. Stand up Wakanda forever. Hoop, 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 hoop. <laughs> Ain't that what Mbaku did? then was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Stand up because this is your time. This, this betrayal does not lead to death. The strong of heart know that this ends in life. Your situation may be entering into a dark period or something that looks or appears to be a road to death. While you're being mocked and flogged and ridiculed and everybody's saying, crucify you, crucify you. And we're going to get to that here in the next couple of chapters. But I'm here to tell you that through all of that, don't look at that. Don't look at any of that. Look to God. Pray to God. Because he is working it all out in your favor for you. And just as everybody's life changed overnight, it's going to be the same for you. So I have skipped down to, I just had it, 59, verse 59, and I'm, you know, I just want to commend y'all for hanging in there with me today because it's a lot. We're pretty much going through, um, just Jesus's walk to the cross and, it's um it's a very emotional word it's very fitting but it's it needs to be said because i know that the body of christ we start to get anxious in november We start to get anxious in november because of the holiday spirits that are you know going on and there's thanksgiving there's christmas there's new years and especially if you're single like myself it can be kind of like a really hard time to be alone and single (laughs) And you literally have to draw from a different type of anointing to to enjoy it, and um you know it's you know, we you know I just kind of make do whatever um, I actually went through a separation of a marriage in December years ago, and so sometimes whenever this time comes around I get you know a little sad (laughs) that I went through that it's kind of like an anniversary of unfortunate events and as much as I move on from it and become more desensitized to it um the fact still kind of remains that you know someone had the audacity to break up with me (laughs) like two days before Christmas or whatever but you know I just remember that God is good. And that all the times that you thought that you weren't going to make it, you did. And you're you're breaking boundaries, you're you're breaking ground. You are trusting God for his redemptive story in your life. And you know that in all the places that you hurt, he is going to repay you back tenfold you know the prophets were not lying that's why this redemptive story was so important restoration is important but restoration also hurts because you're being restored back to God's original design for your life and so what God is doing in this entirety of the crucifixion is restoring humanity back to its original design which is to have eternal life through him and he did that through Christ for us you know because I'm raggedy (laughs) and because the people that fumbled me and fumbled that bag was raggedy too It's it's, it's, it's bigger than us and Jesus knew and understood the assignment that what he was about to do while he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane was what he was about to do was bigger than us bigger than him well it's all about him but it, he did it for us because it's for everybody, for everything—the ultimate sacrifice. And I'm sorry, y'all. I have to correct myself. It's um, it's actually Joel two twenty-five about restoration. Lord promises to restore us and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the, the paler worm my great army which I sent among you a real war out here y'all it's a real war so I know I left off somewhere over here verse 57 no 59 the chief priests and the whole Sandrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. I often say to um, anyone that asks, is that especially those that really need advice when they're going through some type of persecution. You know, like if my sister's is having issues at work or if, you know, a friend is asking me for some advice and they're just going through heavy, heavy persecution. And I'm like, you know, if you stand there long enough and listen to your enemies, they'll tell on themselves. The spirit that's with them, it's stupid. He's stupid. The enemy, Satan, he's dumb. He's stupid. And his minions that he sends out to infiltrate um, in these areas where children of God should be thriving. And he sends out his minions through people to, to help wreak havoc on your life. They're not smooth. And this verse proves it. When they said, finally, two came forward and declared... That I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Y'all are so stupid. The Lord is talking about. He's talking about his own crucifixion. And the fact that the glory of God. Come on. (laughs) The glory of God will be shown and he's going to be rebuilt in three days. He's not talking about the physical building. Stupid. The bastard is out here just lying to y'all. Stupid. He got it twisted. So whenever people are going through really crazy things in life and people are just spitting out the side of their neck, just running their mouth about all kind of foolishness, I remember this. Because the very thing that you say is the very thing that's about to elevate me. But since you don't have the context, since you don't have the anointing, you don't have the language, you don't have the oil, you don't have the insight, you don't have the revelation to know what God is about to do. Even though it looks like a storm, it's it's actually set to make us all win. Stupid. <laughs> and the words and any leaks, just shut up. <laughs> I thought that was awfully funny. um So I'm gonna go ahead and skip you guys. I'm gonna go ahead and skip past all of the mocking because that's it's just. Who is just wasting your heart. But it happened. Please read it. And then we get into Peter disowning Jesus again. You know, I just be telling y'all that the Lord Lord loves y'all so much. The Peter just reminds me of like the children of Israel. (laughs) You know, like. If you just only knew how much the Lord loves you. And this is not an excuse for me to tell you to go out there and be sinning and doing all the bad stuff that you clearly are aware that you're not supposed to be doing. But I'm just saying that God loves you so much and he wants you to have relationship with him. And that relationship, it's going to be its own unique thing, just like Peter's own unique relationship with Jesus. It's unique, it's relationship. And Jesus knows that he's not perfect, that Peter's not perfect. Just like God knew that the children of Israel were not perfect. If you call out to him, he's going to help you. He's going to give you strategy. He may make everything go from zero to a hundred real quick in your life. And you may have to pick up your cross. And follow behind Jesus Christ himself. And go through a, a death of yourself so that you can come out on top. Renewed. Refreshed. Worthy. And then we enter chapter twenty-seven where Judas hangs himself. And that's what happens for folks that pick pick fights with the Lord. You did that to yourself. And then you deeply regretted it. Biggest betrayal. Biggest betrayal, and so Jesus, Jesus uh, meets Pilate here around verse. Again, this is chapter twenty-seven. So verse, where is it at? Um, verse nineteen. Come on, woman, intuition. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. There's going to be prophecies and there's going to be Your own friends that have rode with you, that have taught under your tutelage, that have listened to you. They'll betray you. They'll sell you out like Judas. They'll deny you like Peter. Folks that ignore prophecy. You could pray to the Lord and it will appear. It will appear as though he has not answered. all of this is going to appear as though God isn't anywhere in it it appears that God has abandoned Jesus but it's actually the very presence of God putting things together making little monuments in the timeline here and there as he's gearing up in this very short time span an overnight miracle 12th hour miracle but it's done with so many things that look like it has fumbled the promise come on millennial (laughs) come on slang (laughs) It looks like it is the whole promise has been fumbled and thrown away when it's actually setting itself up for the greatest story of all time, which is Jesus dying for our sins so that we may live. And so we get into the crucifixion. I am marching down the field, down to the death of Jesus, verse 45. Actually, no, I'm going to rewind to verse 41, because I want to continue to paint this glorious picture. And you heaping insults, (laughs) how are you dying to and you reaping insults to the day you die to the man next to you who is actually the son of God, sir? (laughs) And the Lord still forgave you while he was up there. Just painting a picture for you, painting the surroundings. Everything is in chaos. Everything is in chaos. And then folks till their dying breath are mocking you too. This is a big, 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 big circus. It's just sensory overload. Um, and you're trying to focus on your mission and what the Lord has told you to do, how he wants you to die of self. Again, you know, this is all spiritual talk, how he wants you to die to yourself, to your flesh. Your flesh is dying And when your flesh is dying, everything around you is just hurling insults at you and making you feel so unworthy. But I'm here to tell you, as it says in uh, Matthew uh, Matthew 26, 66, what do you think? He is worthy of death. So, this whole episode today has been painting this picture to you of the walk to the crucifixion, where everything is night, everything is dark. This is what getting from glory to glory looks like. Jesus was just chilling with his homies at the table at the last supper pouring wine, eating bread, celebrating the passover, getting anointed with one of the most expensive oils by, you know, a woman who, you know, just wanted to do something nice for him, getting him prepared. When you're getting from glory to glory, a lot of times it's going to look like one messy funeral (laughs) it looks like death at a funeral that's what it looks like families acting up everybody starts acting up accusations flying it's messy to get to the cross but it is necessary and God has painted this elaborate picture almost like this heavenly circus just going on around Jesus Christ while he is getting to glory. But he is worthy to walk that path. You are worthy to walk in his footsteps. And the process is not supposed to make you bitter but it is strengthening every single bone in your body and as you sit and as you meditate on this word allow the Lord to come in and cover you every every one of those muscles that you're having to utilize to get to glory every time that you want to just lash out at someone for mocking you or or lash out or cry because the situation has just broke your soul because sometimes being a hero is causing you to lose your life to save someone else's in a matter of speaking You're worthy to walk that path. So we are at verse 45, the death of Jesus. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama Shabbathanti, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? to verse 50 now and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice he gave up his spirit and at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom the earth shook and the rocks split the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the son of God. Or surely he was a son of God. What have I been telling y'all this entire time? Zero to a hundred. Real quick. zero to a hundred real quick so a couple of things here first of all let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room the moment that the Lord passed over immediately holy bodies holy people those that believed They would have eternal life immediately just received it. They rose back to life. Now I'm going to have to get back to you because I really want to know what happened to them. Like if they went back or if they passed, like if they died, like momentarily, like I need to go do my research, you know, because my ministry in my mind only goes so far and I'm going to have to go do my research. I don't ever want to give y'all false anything, but, it's still the the imagery of the fact that these people had died and because Jesus died he they immediately rose to life where in life have there been things that have died on you that you had hope and belief in that the lord was going to save The dying to the self and the surrendering to the Lord, when it is finished, when you get through with that, immediately those things will be restored. Immediately. Just like that. And you'll have witnesses to see that those dead things are now living just for some razzle dazzle the Lord is not playing with y'all second I want to go back to um, when Jesus said my God my God why have you forsaken me in verse 46 when Jesus cried out in the ninth hour And it's just like that reminiscent of that cry from the garden. You know? It's going to appear in your darkest hour. They're specific in the ninth hour. And there was darkness from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, it's about four hours. Of agony and darkness, and you call out to the Lord, and He's and you're saying, like, Why have you forsaken me? The humanity that Jesus shows, our friend, our teacher, our counselor needs help. And he's calling out to the Lord. And it appears as though he's not there. But he's there in more ways than we could ever imagine in each of our storms. He's there. He's there. And I have to keep reminding myself. This as well. Just as I'm preaching to you. The death of Jesus does not mean that God is not present. The death of who you need to die to so that you can be who you need to become. After all of this, after the mocking and the mockery, after your friends and family has deserted you and treated you bad and wrong, after you, this is the second time that the Lord is calling out to God saying, is this your like is this your will why have you forsaken me this is that that flex of that fruit of the spirit muscle that long suffering and i know it's been a long time for a lot of you all i know i know i know and you're tired of fighting you're tired of warring um you're tired I don't care how old you are, young, old. I don't care what you look like, what color you are. I don't care what size pants you wear. I don't care. The thing is, we all understand pain. And pain, pain hurts just like it does to the next person as we all suffer at some point in time with something and I'm here to tell you that no matter what you're going through God loves you Jesus died and went through this to show you the example to come before you and redeem you and show you that even in what appears to be that it has evil written all over it, that everything is caving in on you, and you feel small and hopeless and helpless, and God, do you even hear my prayers? God, how can you revive this situation? God, are you there, God? Are you really there, God? Are you Are you really as big as you say that you are? Can you save me? How can you save me? These are all questions that are very valid. And the Lord understands. God hears you. He's not ignoring you. Because he's busy. He's busy preparing your redemptive story. The greatest story of all time. Jesus, dying for our sins, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. John 3, 16, for us. For our eternal life, so that we could dwell with him in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen. Your storm is going to appear to be that everything gotten dark everything has caved in on you everything has forgotten about you everything has sucked you dry everything has beat the living daylights out of you they ripped they took your clothes and and cast them for lots just like they did for Jesus you know the folks that are in the same predicament as you are yelling at you and it's like hey we're uh, excuse me you know And you're wondering, where is God? Why has he caused, you know, why is he, why am I in this predicament? Oh, he's there. He's there. And he has not left you or forsaken you. And then Jesus completed it. Just like that. And Kirk Franklin and the choir would sing. Why do you cry? He has risen. Why are you weeping? He's not dead. He paved it all On that lonely highway And his anointing I can feel He shed his blood For my transgressions And by his stripes We are his Why do you cry? He has risen. Why are you weeping? He's not dead. So we're coming to the end, favorite family, of our redemptive story and getting through the storm. I'm going to start at, again, we're in chapter 28, verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. I'm going to pause there and then I'm going to finish everything out in a second. Even after God does all of these amazing, crazy, insane things to your redemptive story. Folks are still going to deny everything. <laughs> I mean, dead folks was walking in the streets. Fights was breaking out between the disciples. Um, betrayal was done. Folks was killing themselves. Um, oh, Lord. You mean to tell me. Y'all saw all this stuff. That earthquakes was happening. The, um, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. The disciples have lead everybody's running around with like chickens with their heads cut off just like in chicken run though i don't think any chickens was running around with their heads cut off in chicken run they were just running around there's chickens running around trying to learn how to fly with the rooster (laughs) it's a good family old school throwback watch you should watch on thanksgiving with your family um i really enjoy that movie it's hilarious but anyway you mean to tell me after all this y'all still lying (laughs) I'm here to tell you that there are going to be people that are close to you and people that claim to believe and all that. And they're still going to be lying on your name. They're still going to be lying in the name of Jesus. That's why the Lord says, listen, in the end, you, I don't know you. You don't know me. Because these folks be lying. That's what they do. That's what they've been programmed to do. Because them demons are not smooth. Demons are not smart. That are are overtaking them. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. It's very dismissive of all the glory that God is doing in your life. Dismissive. Y'all better get yourself into some therapy and Jesus. You need both. Okay? So you can learn the signs of these people. The Lord says, my people lack my people die from lack of knowledge sorry and this is what happens so these folks still be still gonna be lying still gonna be acting negative still paying each other to tell lies still programming themselves that the messiah never existed still trying all the while jesus ain't even there come and see where he lay he's gone old has passed away and the new has come he's a new creation through Christ he's a new creation in himself come on Corinthians <laughs> like this, first Corinthians let me not lie to y'all I'm saying a lot I'm saying a lot and I'm sorry let's just look this up shall we Mm. See, look at me. Second Corinthians five seventeen. I think I use this verse in like every F things episode. I'm pretty sure. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Second Corinthians five seventeen. He's gone, beloved. He ain't nowhere. He ain't nowhere near the negativity. But y'all still bribing and lying and cheating and stealing and killing and destroying. It's mm, giving enemy to me. Given Satan to me, <laughs> it's given evil principality for me, and I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Y'all don't listen to these, these haters, that's all they are. So, we end everything here, favorite family, with the Great Commission, and this is verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. First of all, I want to pause there. Oh Lord, this this word was just so anointed, so filled with the spirit, so just, oh man. Because again, I know it's, you know, that's the season of holidays can make y'all feel lonely and make you feel like, Everything that you're doing is not worth it, but it is. You're being refined, you're being pruned, don't don't worry about sweet hot. You're good. You're exactly where you need to be. And in due time, when you trust the Lord, even through all of that mess, his disciples were, were where he told them to go. The Lord says, My sheep know my voice. They knew. They knew. Even when they didn't know, they still took the rest of the faith they had left. And the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Just being obedient. When you're obedient, then you get to see Christ. When you're obedient. When you're not, you hang yourself and you die like Judas. When you betray the Lord, following following the ways of this world. But the the Mother Eleven understood that assignment. Even though it took them on a wild roller coaster ride to get there. They got there, right? They got there. They got there. Kicking and screaming. (laughs) Kicking and screaming, but they're there because of hope. Because of their faith, because of their love for Jesus. Faith, hope, and love. So when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven. Ooh, cover this word with your blood, Holy Spirit. Cover this word with the blood of Jesus. Amen. So as I'm closing everything out and giving you all my salutations and my thanks and my love and my prayers going out to you all to continue to, to continue to trust in the process. it's okay to have some doubt because everything is looking crazy. Everything's looking dark. Everything got real, real, real fast, right? And it almost appears as though you've lost your life overnight, just like that. To a certain extent, parts of you needed to leave. Your spirit, those soul ties, those bad bad business ideas, the immaturity whatever it was that had to go the lust the certain recreational things that you've been abusing um the counterfeit situations that we rebuke in the mighty name of jesus because we ain't playing with no demon no principality no Jezebel spirit no spirit of ball we rebuke all of them in the mighty name of jesus we bind them and we send them to the deepest darkest pits of hell where they shall burn in eternal flames forever and ever i'm everything around you is going to look a hot mess it's going to appear as though you have been just oh Jesus it's going to appear as though you have lost everything but I'm here to tell you if you look at that storm a different way you gained everything and then some. And that was Kirk Franklin, Don't You Cry. Just a small acapella version. Um, it's just one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's, it's so moving. And when you have a chance to sit down and actually listen to it, please do. It will bless you. Surely, surely it will bless you. So, I am at the burial of Jesus. We're still in chapter 27, verse 57. And we're going to bring all of this home. And um, I'll finally let you all go. But I want to take this time to thank you so very much for being a part of this ministry and supporting me. And um, I pray for each and every one of you. Because there's a real battle out here. And God needs each and every one of his warriors to, to sharpen their discernment. To put on the full armor of God. And I know, I know. Everything around you is looking looking like the impossible. But don't you know that we serve a mighty, omnipotent God. And all he does is work in the impossible. Even when he's being practical. Practical. His uh, redemptive story. Impossible. <laughs> or a plain yellow pocket to become a going carriage. Come on, Whitney. <laughs> but really, your love story goes far beyond any of us waiting for kingdom marriage about restoring the body of Christ so that we, we may be made pure whole, clean, refined so I'm here at um, 57 chapter 27 verse 57 as evening approached there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it on his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. And this is where it gets interesting. God... God doing that thing. God making things extra glorious. Adding some extra razzle dazzle. Extra. uh, What is the word that I'm looking for? Not resentment. Extra. (laughs) Your your resilience is getting built. Those muscles are being tested. Resistance. Resistance is always the, the key indicator that you were on the other side of a breakthrough. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is that, what is that icing on the cake? The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, the deceivers, that deceiver said, After three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. (laughs) This last deception will be worse than the first. I'm telling y'all, the demon ain't smooth with nothing because out of his mouth still comes the glory of God. Hallelujah. See, demons know it better than you do. They just twist it so that it appears that that their deception is going to win, but it's not. In fact, they are confessing with their mouth the glory of God that is happening But they're trying to twist it to make it seem, and they're using it out of context and using it for evil. But do you know that you're glorifying God with those words? Because that is prophecy. That's prophetic. Because guess what? It already happened. (laughs) They're too late. Too late, I tell you. They are too late. Because watch this. 65 Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Ooh! So, so you mean to tell me that the tomb wasn't enough? They put in the and rolling the stone back wasn't enough. No, 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 no. You got to put a seal on the stone that's guarding the tomb for a man that's already dead. Just more and more resistance. You know? More and more resistance. It's like a bench press. Give me more juice. Why don't you? The Lord is saying, lay it on me thick. I like it like that. Lay it on me thick because I'm about to push this mud. (laughs) I'm about to push this breakthrough through. I'm about to push your blessing through. And it ain't nothing to a G. It ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. It ain't no sweat off, but no sweat on my brow. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Stupid. Just stupid. So you thought that putting an extra seal in there was what? Going- the Lord is conquering death, hell, and the grave. He is nowhere near that tomb. He's gone. So in your life, it's going to look like that seal over that rock while you're already in the tomb and you think you've been left to die. You think you did all this sacrifice. You've been obedient and this is where it got you. Yeah, it's exactly where you need to be at the perfect Time. What did Jesus say all the way back here? Um, oh, We're going back some pages. The, uh, the appointed time. The appointed time. It's back through 26 and 27. But when it's the appointed time, God's glory will be shown. And Jesus was exactly where he needed to be. And he prayed through the entire thing. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And now let's read about this resurrection in chapter 28. And then I'm going to let you beautiful people go. So 28, the resurrection. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There is a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and become like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Glory be to God. (laughs) Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. the resurrection it's a process there was a crucifixion and now there's a resurrection even up to the last moment of the resurrection picture there's an earthquake there's an earthquake before the angel of the lord comes and sits down on top of the tomb to wait to wait This angel of the Lord assumed position and he's waiting to tell you the good news after a shaking, after another shaking. So your situation is going to look just like this when you're on the other side of one of your greatest breakthroughs that has went from zero to a hundred real quick in just a matter of a couple of days. Overnight, everything can fall apart. But it's really falling into place. And the Lord can restore anything in his appointed time for your life. And he's going to make it look so glorious as if nobody else could do that but him. It doesn't matter how many people the enemy sends out to put a seal over your stone in your own tomb. Don't matter. Bring them out, bring them out. Y'all can keep scheming. Y'all can keep trying to cover stuff up. But really, y'all look crazy. Because it's already done. It's already finished. You are already victorious. All you got to do right now is praise God. You Praise him in the beginning, right before you sense things are going to happen like Jesus did at the Passover uh, meal with the Last Supper. And you praise him now. You praise him now. And we'll finish all this up here. When 28, 7, when verse 7 says, Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him now I have told you. And your good news is going to come quickly and your good news is going to spread just like, just like that. Because when you resurrect from this thing, God will spare no time spreading the good news about what he has done in your life. He's going to put you on public display and it may be a little painful. Things may be a little excruciating. Things may be out of control. But I'm here to tell you that even through all of that pressure, only pressure makes a diamond. And diamonds are the strongest gemstone that there is of that pressure they could withstand that pressure come on now y'all are the salt of the earth the Lord loves you the Lord will redeem you you just gotta give him a chance and trust him through the entire process even while you're bearing your cross oh what a privilege oh what a privilege When you skip down to verse ten, um, no, I'm sorry. When you, we're just gonna go ahead and go to verse eight and go and finish. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and go to Galilee where they will see me. Because you're going to see the glory of the Lord. You hear me? <laughs> you feel me? you going to see the glory of the Lord. When all this is said and done, when it's all over. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid. It's it's almost like I would imagine a prisoner of war situation when you've been in the darkness, when you've battled all kind of all kind of stuff. When you're conquering literally death, hell in the grave as a prisoner of war and then you kind of go back into civilization and you're still kind of afraid to trust people to see what just happened. Like that's 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 the Lord being his human side again. Don't be afraid. It's me, you know. Go and tell my brothers. It's me. I'm here. Don't be afraid. I know. Y'all just went through a very traumatic situation, and it's hard to believe anything that I'm saying. (laughs) Y'all just went through some dark nights and lived to tell the story. And y'all just seen something crazy, impossible happen. Don't be afraid. I'm here to tell you, to tell your storm, to tell yourself, to tell your inner witness, don't be afraid. It's all right. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Your situation has risen. Your situation has risen indeed. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I'm here to let you know that you are more than a conqueror. You're a child of God. And he loves you. And he's going to save you. Trust him. It's going to look a little crazy. It's going to look a little cray-cray. But you got to have faith in the entire process. And you got to keep praying to him. Keep that connection to him. Stay attached to him. Grab hold of him. Don't let him go. He's not intimidated by your questions. He's not intimidated by you being frightened, by you being scared. If Jesus Christ was vulnerable enough to die on the cross, and on the cross he said, Jesus, my God, Eli, why have you forsaken me? The Lord is not intimidated by any questions that you have. Of this really crazy process that he's taking you through right now, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how dead it feels. Come and see the place where he lay. Where have you laid yourself? Where have you gone? Where have you laid yourself? Go back and look. Go back and look. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee where they will see me. Do you trust the Lord with your redemption story? With your hope so because it will be the only thing that you will get to cling on to just like when mary um, mary magdalene and the other mary clinged at jesus's feet when he came out of the tomb well he didn't walk out the tomb but he was you know showed himself after they saw the empty tomb You sit at the Father's feet every day, as you should, if you do, in his presence at some point of the day. Whether it's just thanking him for your food or having a, you know, a moment and trying to figure out what your next steps are like myself. But God is just, he is sovereign. He has no favorites. You have favor but he has no favorites. Everybody's been given an equal chance to live freely and to choose. It's our jobs to go out, even in the midst of the mess, to help fight against that doubt because we know where our redeemer lives. We know that he's on the inside of us. We know that we rebuke fear and, and anxiety. and we don't, we don't have to battle with those. So that we can go reach those that are doubting. We can reach those that are unsure. We could show them our stripes and where they have healed and where they have not completely healed. Last but not least, a a song that's been coming to my mind, like all day it's been a little hum. And thinking of oh what a friend we have in Jesus because it's it's such a it's such a privilege to be able to um to walk this life even enduring all that crazy messy stuff but we're worthy of it because of who we're going to become in the midst of it hallelujah Who are you becoming in the midst of this storm? Because you're dying to somebody old and you're living anew and you're becoming something new. Something beautiful. Y'all better give God praise right now. Oh what a friend we have in Jesus. He came here to have relationship with us. And y'all know if you keep on reading in different in um the different accounts that he stayed like 40 days afterwards just to hang out with us. God is just that sovereign. He said, I'm not just gonna um, I'm not just going i am not just going to Up here for a second. I'm gonna stay some days, not a week, not two weeks. He was here for 40 days and 40 nights, kicking it with us, kicking it, calculating a key kid, talking about the story, the story, the greatest story greatest showman, come on somebody to be our friend to walk with us, to know us to love us, to understand us which is why he cried out so many times during his oppression his blood, his innocence shed for all of us his humanity, so that God can understand just how complex we are. But at the end of the day, He still redeemed us, He still restored us, He still loves us. After the greatest sacrifice ever. simply because he's our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer oh what needless pain we bear I know I kind of got some of the the lyrics mixed up but you get the gist he's so sweet that he put us through all of that so that we can come out refined so we'll learn to take it to Jesus so we'll learn how worthy it is to walk behind the slain lamb how how much of a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer and lastly in the the famous words of Yolanda Adams, no matter what you're going through, remember God is using you. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Everything may be coming apart. The eyes may be looking like it's stacked up against you. Them demons is looking you in your face and they're looking like Goliath. They're real tall and mighty and But you've been given authority through Christ Jesus. You are the head, not the tail. You crushed a serpent's head. And I'm paraphrasing a lot of these these verses here because I don't have the address at the top of my head. (laughs) You've been given the favor. You are well equipped for a time such as this. This is the appointed time. It's okay. I understand Jesus Christ had issues with it too. At the time of manifestation, it was, it was, it was heavy. And what you carry is heavy. That's understandable. And not everybody's going to understand But I understand because I'm going through it too. And most importantly, the Lord understands because he went through it and conquered death, hell, and the grave just for you. So you don't have to be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray about everything. All right, my beautiful, beautiful, favorite family. Thank you for hanging in here with me. I pray for you. If the spirit moves you through the blood of Jesus, pray for me. We're going to get through this together. We are getting through this together. All right. So, Sia Michelle loves you. Remember to always walk in your favor. Read your word. we uh we're warriors and some some of these battles are hard to fight but i'm telling you that you are more than a conqueror you are worthy of the redemption story and more importantly christ died for your sins and he now sits at the right hand of the father And he sent us one of the greatest gifts after him, which is the Holy Spirit, which lives inside of us and will help us keep us on our P's and our Q's with our discernment, help iron, sharpening iron, we sharpen each other through the help of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit making groanings on our behalf because of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Was slain for all of our sins. And that is worthy of every step that you take in that crazy, messy, hot mess of a storm. No matter if it's going to take 40 years in the wilderness, like the children of Israel, or there is going to be zero to 100 real quick, like Jesus Christ. You stand firm anyway, you be bold, and you be great. All right. I love you all with the love of Christ. Take care. Have a good, good rest of your day. And I'll probably be back after the holidays. I'll be back after the holidays and I'll have a word for you. So, see you. Michelle's out.